Okay, so I'm joined this evening again by Scott McIntyre from Asian Game. Uh, thank you very much, Scott, for taking time out of your schedule to, to kind of sit down and, and, and talk with us again. Uh, I think last time I spoke to you was about the, the Asian Cup. Uh, I'm not sure if me or you got our, our predictions <laughs> for that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think either of us um, tipped uh, Qatar to go on and win it, so we could probably say that uh, neither of us... Um... Yeah. I've got it right, but yeah, I was over there for the duration, or pretty much the duration of the tournament. Um, yeah, it's good, you know. I mean, obviously, you know, there's um, still a lot of question marks uh, just around the the eligibility of, um, yeah, we could say half, maybe more than half of that uh, Qatari uh, team. Um, but uh, yeah, setting those um, aside, it was you know fantastic to see a different nation uh, rise and, and a different nation do well um, in Asia. You know, we've just seen the the World Cup uh, draw put out um, tonight as well. So, you know, a couple of fascinating matchups there between some real minnows and, and some bigger nations. And I think this is what we want. You know, I'm sure we'll come on to this in the ACL as well, is that we don't want um, just repetition of the same, uh, you know, whether it be um, club teams or, or, or national sides in various competitions playing each other endlessly, um, you know, yeah. in, in the in the club setting for the for the right to win a title in the national setting for the right to be belted by the best of Europe and South America when you get <laughs> to the, the the global stage. So yeah, greater diversity, um, you know, more chances for the smaller uh, nations to rise. I think is um, is a good thing. Definitely, definitely, and, and I mean, I think that's one of the things that we want to talk about. You know, is you know the kind of that that repetition in the ACL. You know, and as you said, that repetition and the kind of national qualification qualification as well i mean i do see that korea got north korea yet again um yeah so i guess that'll be a couple of nothing each draws or, or whatever <laughs> diplomacy tells us that we should have in each of those games but i guess we'll get on to that later yeah yeah well yeah australia drew jordan again i think um it's um obligated somehow that australia draws jordan <laughs> in every uh, we've, we've played jordan like game, a million right? times man yeah yeah so i guess they, they before we get on to that kind of the the, the main topic for this interview is is about the um, ACL and b- before we begin on to what was an absolute shambles of a tournament for the Korean teams I guess um, that if you think about the actual tournament as a whole like what did you think of, of of the tournament so far I mean has there been like a standout team either great or terrible for you so far in the ACL? Well, they're um they're very deep uh, questions <laughs> because what do I think about the tournament? I think um I think something needs to change. Is is uh, you know maybe we can um, kind of mix um mix all these answers together because I think a lot of um a lot of the concerns that I have keep coming back to the same thing is that it's just it's just becoming so um so repetitive. I mean, there's so many teams from such a small. A uh, number of nations, a lot of those um, can't really be asked about participating in it. Some of them uh, have openly been uh, sending a, mm. what could generously be described as a reserve teams, so probably yeah. third string uh, teams in, in in some cases. And if you're not going to, I mean, remarkably somehow, it's one of 
life's great um, mysteries up there with the downing of that Malaysian airline and just how um, San Frecce Hiroshima got through to um, the knockout stage because they were the, the biggest culprits in, in all of this. But um, in most um, situations when you're playing like that, you know, and, and setting out a second string team, it, it not only naturally disadvantages you, it disadvantages uh, the other clubs and, and your coefficient within the AFC and it also upsets the competitive balance of the whole a bloody tournament because you've got some teams that are trying to win it and then you, when you've got you know on occasion weak teams here and not on occasion not there it's just a giant you know a ginormous um, mess uh, of a situation the fact that um, the matches are, are played on uh, midweek I think is a real big problem uh, for the tournament because we see uh, okay in some uh, situations in some countries in um, you know Iran or or in, in China, you know, you, you're going to get them decent uh, kind of crowds. But certainly where you live in Korea, where I live in um, uh, Japan, I was going to say China for a minute, <laughs> where I'm, and, um, and where I'm from um, in Australia, you know, the crowds are, are by and large diabolical. Um, yeah. And in many cases, it could be counted um, if, if you were at the stadium and, and took a brisk walk around at halftime. You know, you could do it on a, on a couple of fingers and toes. So it's, it's not a good look um, for the tournament. And, yeah, it's just uh, – I just wonder with the group stage what – not what the point is, but it's almost like you can just accelerate through this whole thing. And then you've got this, I know the geography makes it difficult, but you've got this then odd situation where the, the second stage for the, the East has already been played, but we've got to wait another two months for the West to play. And then yeah. we somehow come separate and then we somehow come together and it all, it all just seems, you might as well just go straight to the bloody final. Like it's, <laughs> it, it's like it's so much mess and, and confusion. And of, of course, again, with the, we in the West, uh, it's the entire off-season and then the mid-season breaks uh, with the clubs over here in the East. So we have, um, you know, so much change within the squad from uh, from one phase of the tournament to the other phase. It's, um, yeah, I just think, um, as I've been saying for a, for a long, long time, there's a lot of um, problems. Uh, granted, not many of them are, are easy uh, to solve, but um, I think something needs to change to to spark it because what you have at the moment is, uh, you know, in inverted commas, the biggest uh, clubs in Asia generally, you know, you could draw it out of a hat where you've got uh, the same kind of, um, you know, pool of maybe four to eight uh, uh, J-League teams are going to qualify uh, pretty much every year, the same four to eight from Korea uh, every year, the same four to six uh, in China every year. And then, uh, you know, I'm not saying that they should be considered like this, but in many ways they're viewed as token kind of, you know, whipping boys that are coming in from Vietnam, uh, Malaysia or, um, you know, or Thailand or elsewhere. And, and it's essentially what they have been because they've been put to the sword pretty much um, relentlessly. Most of those Southeast um, Asian um, nations at times that they've been in the tournament. So something, something uh, needs to, something needs to change for the tournament. So one of the things that you kind of mentioned there, um, you know, is the idea of like San Frecci uh, playing. I mean, I, I actually think I read your tweet about it, but it was pretty much like a, at, at best a reserve team that they that, that they sent over, yeah. Um, and there's a perception, you know, like over like in previous years, the Japanese teams didn't really exactly try 100% in ACL. You know, like they didn't seem to really take it seriously. But, I mean, they've obviously won the last two. Um, do you think there's been a change? I mean, like, or do you think it is still seen as being, you know, if we get through the group stages, you know, whatever, we'll start taking it seriously in, in the knockout stages? Or do you think that there's been a, a kind of shift towards taking it more seriously? I think it depends really on the club. Um, okay. I think generally, generally speaking, the... 
after after what happened a couple of years ago, you know, when Kashima made it to the final, although they qualified um from memory uh, by winning the the the, the J League or, or some other backdoor method to to get into the Club World Cup um, when they weren't actually the ACL champions, but then you know they took uh, Real Madrid all the way. Um, and probably should have, you know, had a, bit, a big case to win that match. So I think, you know, mm-hmm. then when the clubs saw, hang on a sec, if we do well in the ACL, it's not so much, um, uh, you know, that the be-all and end-all of it was uh, success in the ACL, but then it opened the ticket to then uh, going to the Club World Cup and having the chance to, you know, play, uh, you know, massive clubs from South America and, and Europe. You know, it's another discussion altogether whether the European clubs take it as seriously, that Club World Cup. And, of course, now we don't know what's happening with the, with the whole future of that tournament as well. So then maybe it's a reconsideration uh, for the various uh, Japanese clubs. But uh, I think in the last, yeah, two, three years, there's been definitely a shift um, uh, in perception. Certainly Kashima, after they'd had that experience, that did want to do um, very well. Of course, they're the defending champions now. And, you know, they brought uh, Zico back to the club, made him mm-hmm. a kind of, um, I think the technical word is a technical direct, but um, he's almost, you know, the, the mascot in chief. He's, um, he's around at various games, just, yeah. Just there and, and meeting and greeting people and scribbling some notes in his in his book or whatever. So you know they've certainly put a lot of effort into into doing uh, well in it. Uh, Urawa as a you know as a, um, maybe they don't have quite the titles to back that up, although they have done well uh, in in the ACL. But you know consider themselves probably the the giants of um of Asian football. So they've uh, treated it seriously. Kawasaki perhaps more so this year than usual, but still not all the all the way and then um you know the situation with Hiroshima was a complete um other end of the scale and yeah. I don't I don't really you know know what it says about um you know Melbourne and, and Daegu when they came to play Hiroshima and, and were <laughs> yeah. played off the the park in both those games but but then you look at so this is what I'm saying to why it's important for clubs not not just of course in Japan but in in Korea as well you know and, and other nations in, in Australia also where we've seen um you know a lot of rotation going on is that what it does to the other teams so, I mean if you look at the Japanese example where you've got a team like a uh, Vissel Kobe uh, who's owned by, uh, you know, the uh, Mikitani, the guy that runs Rakuten, yeah. one of the richest guys in the world. So, so they, they've got a stated ambition. Um, it's good to have goals in life um, to be the um, the biggest club in Asia. They're um, they're a long way off doing that, but you know they spent a lot of money to bring uh, Podolski and, and Iniesta and and you know various other sorts into the club. So. You know, if you do then have these kind of really, um, you know, free spending, ambitious clubs that are trying uh, to qualify for the ACL, but, you know, they might end up fourth in the league and then they might end up tumbling out of it because you've got a situation with Hiroshima where they're only playing, you know, the the kids and, the and, and you know, the, the squad kind of veterans. And that's doing damage not only to Hiroshima, but it's doing damage to the other ambitious uh, clubs in the league. So this is why... I've got a, anyway. I've, I've got a theory. I'll, I'll come to my. I'll, I'll come to my theory of. Um, it, it's quite complicated and difficult to explain. But I, I might post this um, little graphic to, to um, <laughs> to, to Twitter later on. But we'll get onto that in a, in a minute. You know how you're gonna do it. One, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. It's, it's too bloody complicated. Okay, okay. The, the, the long and the short is, I think some some clubs in Japan, yes. Uh, some no. I think we've seen the same really across Asia. Certainly, uh, you know, mixed ambition. Um, in Australia, the, the Chinese clubs always tend to tend to want to do well, and, and in, from my outsider's perspective, you know the the Korean clubs um, generally, you know, try to do their best to to succeed in it as well. Okay, so you that you talked earlier about you know the the kind of whipping boys of you know like they, they coming from sort of Vietnam, uh, you know, like in Malaysia and, and so on, and there were a couple of of teams this year who made their their, their debuts who who maybe you know did a little bit better than what some thought i mean like daegu uh, beating evergrande was probably something that was a bit unexpected um they were there they were there any of those kind of new teams you know like like jdt gyeongnam 
very good. Were there any of the kind of debut-making teams that you thought did better than you thought they would have done, or do you think that they were just like you know making up the numbers basically? What I think you can say in terms of uh, if we look at the the J League, the the K League, and the and the Chinese Super League, I, I don't think it should be a surprise for any of those teams because okay, sometimes you have like the situation you have in Korea, you know, where you have a cup champion coming mm. a little bit a little bit unexpected and qualifying, but but outside of that situation, if you if you finish one, two, or three in in either of those domestic leagues in, in you know Japan, Korea, or China, it means you're a pretty good <laughs> kind of club, right? I mean, you it, you know. It may be a surprise you haven't been there before, but I mean, you know, at the end of a, you know, 30 odd um, match kind of league campaign, if you're one of the top three teams in your nation, then you pretty much deserve to be in the ACL. And, and if you're coming, uh, you know, from from one of those three big nations, then in my opinion, you should be expected to get out of the group, um, you know, in, in or at least have a, you know, better than even chance of doing so. So I think yeah. we need to almost look beyond the, the the clubs from those nations. And this is, again, why when I say um, whipping boys, I don't mean that in a disparaging way at all, because I've been a massive proponent of of trying to get more uh, involvement particularly from southeast asia and you could look you know the situation with jdt for example i mean if you just look at the points tally they didn't get too many but uh you yeah. know they, they they drew with gyeongnam right the korean club they they beat kashima admittedly uh you know a, a weekend um kashima side and i think all bar one of the the four losses they had was only by the odd goal you know quite competitive uh, in those games they've invested heavily in um you know facilities um in, in in coaching in players so you know then you've got the situation without getting too deep into it again but they're they're too good for you know the domestic rivals in malaysia and they've won the last you know five thousand domestic titles they won this year with you know half the, the lap of the thing still to go so they're so good in a domestic setting and they're really their whole aim is to get into the acl and and do well so they're a team that you can see uh you know from the experience this year getting better and better and better and it's what we'd love to see you know uh, kind of powerhouse clubs although there's not such a you know dominant um a team like this in in indonesia or or thailand or vietnam or myanmar but but what it does is it gives uh, you know those clubs that that are looking to invest and, and and to spend money and i don't just mean in you know buying a few um, kind of players and then seeing what you can do in in six matches but i'm spending the money properly so in terms of youth um yeah. development having the proper you know pathways and infrastructures in place having good facilities in place so you're building uh, for a long-term success which is the clear model uh, what jdt uh, are doing but it's hard to convince people in those countries to put the investment in i mean you know you could i don't know say take uh, take myanmar or, or cambodia for example right if you've got a wealthy property, you know, property owner or a businessman or something, and you know you're an ambitious club and you're going looking for investment. It was like, well, you know, what do I get out? I can just what I can just win the Cambodian league for five, six years, and then I'm never going to get because you know there's a glass ceiling. I can't get, you know, beyond this kind of thing. That comes back to the problems with the coefficients because, uh, you know, national teams and club points are all pulled into the one uh, kind of pot and then uh, you know mixed about. So you can have strong club teams but poor national teams, and and these things are all mixed up as well but yeah i mean i'd love to see greater participation uh you know one less um club from these uh, heavyweights so you know okay. and, and and i've always um been quite uh, bemused by the situation where we call this the champions league and, and yet we have you know teams that finish um third and in some cases fourth uh, qualifying through to it so why don't we bring it back to the situation where literally it's only you know the league uh, champion and the cup champion which also then i don't know uh, what it's like in korea but i know uh, in japan with the emperor's cup which is the 
the FA Cup, uh, if you like, you know, which is the cup tournament that earns a ticket through to this. You know, we've just seen the early rounds of that um, played over the last uh, month or so here, and, and it's the exact same uh, situation where you've got, um, you know, all the J1 clubs that are completely uh, resting and rotating their yeah. team. So they're, they're, the cup competition is being devalued in a way as well. So, but if you made it, the, the two, you only have two tickets from Japan, Korea, and China, right? And and you must either win the league. Or you must uh, either win the cup. So it helps strengthen uh, the domestic cup competitions. It makes the league really, um, obviously, it's prestigious as it is. But, but you know, even more so than you know that you've really only got that one very rare, uh, you know, ticket through to these things, and then open up the other slots to. Uh, really to, to all the South and not all, you know, maybe it's a while before we're going to see, you know, um, uh, you know, Timor or, or, or Macau look across to the East or Mongolia or somewhere. But, but, you know, certainly the, the, the bigger nations, you know, your Indonesia's, your, uh, even your Cambodia, Myanmar, you know, the likes of, um, uh, of these nations uh, should then have a direct spot, uh, in my opinion, into the group stage, which just uh, livens it up as well. Okay. I mean, I think you've kind of opened a can of worms there. I mean, I'm a Celtic fan, uh, as you know, and you know, like the Champions League in, in in Europe is anything but. I mean, when you get mm. two teams mm. from England who weren't their champions hosting mm. it, it just drives me crazy. But they they going back to your point there about the the FA Cups, um, maybe you have a similar kind of situation in in, in Korea where. You could argue that the the kind of top K1 teams don't really take it seriously. And what we've ended up finding this year is that we're through the semi-finals and we've got uh, Sangju, the army team. We've got Suwon Blue Wings, who, I mean, I've got to say, hopefully we'll win it. Uh, And we've got two K3 teams. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, we, we don't really even know if the army team can qualify. Well, no, they, they, they can't. I, I think they can't, yeah, that's what we think, yes. It's unbound. So, so basically, you end up in the situation where you won't have a team qualify because the J3 team, the K3 teams won't be able to qualify either. So, yeah. so if, if Suwon doesn't win it, then yeah, then I'm assuming that that spot just automatically goes back to whoever finishes yeah. um, whatever it is, third or fourth um, in the league, which is a joke of the situation as well. Yeah. So they were not, I mean, I'm not entirely sure of what's going to happen. They, I mean, from a point of view, of, like, I don't know if this was intentional, but the semi-finals have suddenly become two-leg affairs for the first time ever. Um, and I think that's as much to make sure that Blue Wings make the final. You know, like, the mm. final's a two-leg mm. affair. So the, the chance of Blue Wings blowing mm. a two-legged semi and a two-legged final is very, very low. Mm. Yeah, if they don't win it, then it's going to fall to the team that finishes, yeah, as you said, like fourth. Which, mm. I mean, currently right now uh, is... Uh, Daegu are probably going to be a team that, that will finish up there uh, Daegu are gang one but yeah I mean the idea of a team finishing fourth in the K-League qualifying for the Asian Champions League is is a bit farcical yeah? I, I, I know there's a situation with all the club licensing and, you, and you've got to have you know your floodlights have to be a certain number on some scale that I don't understand and you've got to have seats here there and everywhere but, but I don't understand why if you did have you know that situation where you do get the the kind of um you know lower tier or, or even amateur teams going on this amazing thing and, and winning it. Why they can't then take their spot in the uh, in the ACL, but you know but have to use the ground of the nearest uh, whatever yeah. it is. You know, for where, where are the clubs from? The the K three. Uh, so been... oh, wow, one team is uh, Dejan Coril. So, right, so they just play the Dejan yeah. Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another team is called Hwasong. And they're actually Hwasong. Yeah, they're in Suwon. Stones throw from Suwon. Yeah. Um, So there's no reason why they couldn't use those stadiums. And actually, when it happened in uh, Scotland, it happened a couple of times in in Scotland where where 
you know, like Division Two teams won won the Scottish Cup. But in Scotland, you know, like we kind of have this idea of like you need to get any of the the, the top league, you've got to have a 10,000-seater stadium with underfloor heating and floodlights anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that these teams were already building for the future anyway, so it wasn't that big a deal. But, yeah, I mean, those two teams could easily relocate to a, a suitable stadium within half an hour away, do you know what I mean? So I don't hmm. I don't really see why it would be a huge problem, to be honest, yeah? But you mentioned there about coefficients, and, I mean, I think right now the... The coefficient at the beginning of the tournament was the, the career. I think the K League was still the top. I mean, obviously we have two. You know, like there's two teams from China, from China, two from Japan uh, going through. Like, do you think it's possible that we could see that that coefficient change? Uh, could we see one of those two teams top it, or is it again weighted so that it's impossible? Well, yeah, it's it's way too much um, uh, mathematical uh, headaches for me to even start to figure <laughs> out how it works. But, but but like I said, the the problem is, is that that you know is is that everything are are mixed up. You know, you get some points here depending on mm. your your AFC Cup uh, ranking. You know, which is not as high as as being in the ACL. So, but how the hell are you ever supposed to close that gap? <laughs> because yeah. you can't yeah. qualify for one, you can only qualify for the other, right? Yeah. And then you've got you know your, your national team thing thrown into it as well. So. I mean that's yeah that's probably a discussion for a whole another you know podcast how to how to go about and 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 fix that situation but I mean you know I mean I think and 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 again it's a problem because you've got you do have countries where you've got teams I mean you look at the the case of Macau for example you know you've got like one uh, you know kind of heavyweight team the the case in uh, Taiwan as well uh, Chinese Taipei where you've only got basically two uh, kind of semi professional clubs and the rest of you know um you know university teams and 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 corporate uh, things so what you're doing is you you're handicapping the ambitious teams in the leagues by all these bloody coefficients as well yeah. right I don't know I don't know how you're going to do it maybe 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 you just need to individually license um you know every club and then I don't know have have them then earn points from within their domestic league so you know if they're if they're winning the domestic league by 20 points every year then you know automatically they get a set number of points and that sees them qualify for this thing you know but then you strip that back and make it separate from the national team so basically you've got a, a direct model of rewarding um you know a small number of ambitious clubs instead of trying uh, to push uh, everything up uh, from beyond when in in most cases you don't have a lot of clubs that you know that want to come to that kind of party Okay, so you did mention, you know, that you had uh, some ideas about about how to kind of, uh, you know, like kind of fix it or or kind of, you know, avoid this idea of of kind of repetition. I mean, they'd be discussed, you know, like before we actually started recording about the fact that, you know, they whoever wins the K League and the G League is like they toss a coin and pretty much all the groups just fall into place after that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it does produce repetitive fixtures. I mean, they, you know that, you know, John Booker probably going to play Bury Ram at some point or something like that. Hmm. Um, so they what I mean, they what kind of ideas, you know, like, do you think that we could bring in to kind of try and spice things up a bit, you know, like a, like a little bit, maybe try and change things around? Okay, this is very hard to explain in an audio <laughs> format, but I'll try and then I promise you I will put the graphic somewhere later. So I think one of the problems we've touched on extensively, which is uh, qualification and participation, which we all agree that we'd like to open it up. So I think the first thing you must do is uh, come up with only the champions and the cup winners from the, if we can say, the big three uh, nations in the East. And of course, this uh, uh, you know applies to the, the West as well. You know, with a, you, It's always the same kind of situation. It's always clubs from Saudi, clubs from Qatar and, and clubs from you know, Iran and the Emirates. And you don't really hear 
you know, much outside of that. So, you know, it'd be great to open up to, to Southeast Asia, uh, you know, more spots for Central Asia and, and all this kind of stuff. So it's putting that as, as one element of it. The thing that gets me as well is that it's drawn out uh, the group stage um, spread over, you know, six um kind of you know match days that sometimes are two weeks apart sometimes three weeks apart and um and the fact that they're always on um midweek which lends yeah. the support to the rotation so so what i'm proposing and this is trademark by the way if the agencies <laughs> are listening to this they can come and pay me a fee for, for solving all their Scott, is it too much to you or to 48 shares? I'm a little bit... Well, uh, we'll, um, we'll discuss the, uh, the fee <laughs> a little bit um, later on. But but what I what I w- would love to see is... what in, in many ways, you can see the rise of the international game, uh, in my opinion, has come down to the fact that you've got these um, standalone dates, right? So you've got the, the international uh, match dates. So you mm-hmm. didn't have any clash between club and country. The players have to be called up. If they don't, the clubs are fine. And it's put the international game on the spotlight, right, where you've got the one standalone weekend, the same as you might have, uh, you know, in your, in your domestic things when the, you know, the cup competition's on and the league's not in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in action that weekend. So you, the focus is on the club. So what I'd love to see is standalone ACL uh, match days. It's nat- naturally going to be very hard and to work into the calendar. So what I've done is I've come up with, you only need four of them instead of six for the group stage, right? So what I've done is uh, if, if we've got um, four teams in the group, A, B, C, and D, so what happens is uh, over one uh, one week period, so from Saturday to Sunday, Sunday to Saturday, whatever it is, uh, over these, so these four ACL windows, you know, if you like, uh, ACL match day windows, whatever you call them. So on the on the first one of these, uh, you know, Group A and the group um, hosted, say we've got a team from, uh, I don't know, a team from Korea, a team from Japan, a team from Australia, and um, a team from, from Vietnam. So the home team, in this case for the first match day, which is the Korean club, they uh, – so, so there's three matches uh, that are played within this um, one-week block, but two teams play twice. And then the other um, the one teams play only once. So this is why you now it's very hard to follow me, especially if you've been drinking whiskey, right? So I'm almost want, there. <laughs> have, have you got have you got a pen and paper? I'm writing it down as you speak. Okay, so write this down. So so this is match day one, right? So <laughs> okay. so what you have is the first match is is uh, is uh, the is team A versus team C. Okay. Then you have team A versus team B, and then you have team C versus Team D. So what happens is the host uh, club plays the first two matches. So you play maybe on a Sunday and then a Wednesday. So in this case, let's say the Korean uh, team uh, plays the team from uh, Japan. Then you've got the Korean team playing the team from Australia. Then you've got the Japanese team playing the team from Vietnam in the final match day. So it's concentrated. So you've got these three matches in the space of a week. There's no other commitments going on. So all these clubs can send their their best teams. And and so what happens in then you move on to um you know match day two, match day three, and, and match day four. And in each of those match days, the home team plays the first two matches and then one of the traveling teams that plays twice but they play on the first and the third of, of these games so but but you only need to do that once uh and you trust me i've thought this out uh, rather extensively so it's all it's all it's all balanced and and really perfect so on your away trips only one of your your three times that you go from way from home will you need to play a double a double header in that and on the other occasions you'll only be playing one so you'll have a you'll have an isolated period where you can send your best players uh, you know there's no excuse not to because the the, the league's in break anyway for whatever it is a week or a week and a half for this for this thing and then you you're concentrated you've got the four clubs 
in the one city. Was, this is often my problem with the AFC and their marketing. Well, they don't really care about it, let's be honest, right? They're more interested yeah. in who's who's doing what at a political level. They really, there's, in, in the whole um, organisation of the Asian Football Confederation, there's about five people that actually care about football. The rest, they care about keeping their jobs. So the five people That's that are caring... Life. The people of the five that are caring about the football are the ones that they listen to the podcast. So if they're going to steal my bloody content, they can pay me. Or, or the rich ones can pay me and they can advise because they're the minority. But anyway, so so what you then have is you have all you have all the four teams in the group in the one city, right? So so you're in you're in Seoul and you've got whoever it is that Kawasaki's coming to town and uh, uh, you know Muntong's coming to town and um, you know whoever um, Melbourne Victory or whoever it is right and you've got all the four you get them in the same hotel you get them out doing promotional activities you get them out uh, you know doing clinics for kids mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff because two of these teams they're going to be there for eight nine days but they're only playing one game. Right. So then it's a fantastic thing for media opportunities, you know, for all you, you get them on the whatever, you know, the football, uh, uh, you know, talk shows on the TV. Uh, you get them. It, it's a centralized a thing. It's like a little mini a tournament. And you've only got four of these um, kind of days. So, of course, it's going to be, you know, hard to people are going to say, well, how are you ever going to get, you know, teams uh, or leagues and that to to convince each other to, to come into these uh, specific windows. But you've only got four of them. You don't have six, yeah. right? And then it's concentrated. And what it's doing is it's growing the game across the thing. You could have, you know, some, say it is, it's some, you know, Huang Song um, or, or whatever that's coming in qualifying. And then they're going, uh, you know, for a week uh, down to, to, to Sydney, you know, where there's a big Korean community and they get out and about in the community. And then that helps drags, uh, you know, players maybe into the domestic competition. It's just a brilliant um the concept, like I said, it looks much better in graphic form. I'm telling you, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to explain in audio, but it's really it's a revolution, uh, revolutionary theory, and um, and I think it's one that could really, uh, you know, in conjunction uh, with the fact that um, you know we're stripping it back and we're making it only uh, from the big three nations, a club and um, cup winners, uh, sorry, the league and, uh, and and cup winners, and then you've got this concentrated four kind of ACL windows where the whole focus of the continent is on this and the whole focus of these cities is on there where you've got all these four clubs in the one thing together, promoting the game, growing the game, uh, you know, headline kind of matches and the matches all at the, you know, the one venue, the one stadium, it's all concentrated. I think it's a, it's a bloody great idea and I should be running the AFC. I think so. And it's kind of very similar as well to how they do the East Asian. Is it East don't Asian? tell me someone's got my idea already. I don't want to hear this. Is it the, is it the EAFF? Is that yeah. what it's called? The EAFF <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cup, right? Yeah. East yeah. Asian oh, I think it's the yeah, e, cup, E1 yeah? or E something. It sounds like a, a it's, car race it's or something. It's similar where you have like four teams playing across, you know, each other. Well, I think that's like three times across, you know, like like six days or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think it definitely works and definitely. Yeah, I'm behind it. I think it's uh, right. I mean, it's trademarked. It's trademarked, uh, and I think I mean something has to. It's not like something has to change, but I think you know that we've kind of made, you know, like the changes of of, of split in, into region. I mean, they, they, when I first came to Korea, you know, I, I mean, I remember watching FC Seoul and like the maybe the quarterfinals or the semifinals, you know, against a Saudi Arabian team. And that kind of thing, you know. So I think, you know, they split it into the East region and West region and you don't meet until the final. Uh, yeah. Whether that's worked or not, I'm not entirely sure. But, you know, at least it was a change that they've made. But I think, yeah, you know, looking at attendances, the repetitiveness the repetitiveness of the games and so yeah. on, I just think it is a little bit, you know, it's becoming a, a little bit of a stale tournament. And it should be your continent's 
premier tournament, not, yeah. not one that teams are sending reserve or even third string teams to, yeah? All right, so here you go. You've got the McIntyre model. It's going to solve uh, all the uh, woes. That's what we're going to call it. It'll be called the McIntyre model. That's, yeah, that's what it's going to be called, yeah. Fantastic. So going back uh, to the actual, like, this year's ACL, I mean, like, who's been, like, looking at it, if I kind of go back to, like, a kind of positive aspect of it, like, who, who do you think has been the best player of the tournament so far? I mean, has there been a player who has stood out? I mean, I think, like, Leonardo, uh, Leonardo mm-hmm. is a top goal scorer, but has there been someone who you think you've been like, really impressed with? Yeah, well, he was the the one that um, I was going to suggest. Um, obviously, I think from match day two uh, to match day five, he scored in each uh, of those, you know, four consecutive match days, which is a bloody hard thing to do. And in one of yeah. them, he scored four goals in one game as well, which is not a not an easy thing to do either. So I think, yeah, if you're looking at standout um, individual um, uh, kind of players, uh, he's definitely the one that would get my nomination. The the point I'd like to make here, and, and it's not often um, brought up, that uh, I'd like to nominate a coach for the Player of the Year. I know it's not quite the, the same award, but let's call it the coach uh, of, yeah. of the group stage at this point. I, I think... Um, yeah, Go Oiwa from uh, from Cash Antlers has done a, a truly uh, a fantastic job because this club has um, uh, continually losing uh, their best players just in, in, in this window. They've lost... Um, uh, three very uh, influential players, uh, one of which um, Hiroki Abe has gone to uh, no uh, lesser club than uh, FC Barcelona. Uh, and mind you, Yuma Suzuki would be well known uh, to uh, Champions League watchers down the years. He's, he's actually been injured for uh, for all of this season, but he's um, moved across to Europe as, as the, the left-back Porky Anzo. So they're often in this uh, situation where, you know, from window to window, they're living uh, hand-to-hand, you know, because they're yeah. losing uh, so many players. And they, they keep bringing in, um, you know, promoting younger players from within, but they, they sign very well. The, the foreign uh, recruitment, has by and large been been excellent and and what they've had to deal is with this run you know where they they won uh, or almost really from even the year before when they were in the club world cup then they went into the acl then they won the acl now they've come back into the league it's almost been 24 uh, months that they they haven't had a break i mean yeah. that like uh, less than two weeks um, in between uh, the season so you know and then a break here so you could say that you know in 24 months the players would have had I doubt more than you know four weeks of kind of break, and that's excluding you know a lot of those players are internationals, and and they would have had even less mm-hmm. than that. So so what uh, what Oiwa has done, and of course the, the the support staff, the medical staff, I think is nothing short of truly miraculous to to have the team being as 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 competitive as they are, you know, and it's the reason why players are breaking down. I mean Suzuki literally hasn't played for six months, and you know you've seen a a, a lot of these guys with Cheetah came back from Europe, and he, he hasn't played much either. But um, you know Nakamura. These, these other guys, Endo has been in and out of the team. The, the players that have played uh, the bulk of those matches, their their bodies are giving out on them. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 somehow, um, not just um, in the ACL, but they're doing fantastically well uh, domestically uh, also. And I think you know he's um, he's a coach that doesn't get um, you know a lot of applause or recognition uh, internationally. They play pretty you know positive. Um, I think attack-minded um, kind of football. And, you know the fact that they keep uh, getting the job done. You know regardless of. Yeah, of, of losing players to to other clubs and, and injuries. I think he's been a, a fantastic performer. And if, okay. uh, you know, we could say Leonardo is the player of the tournament, but I think uh, as the individual of the tournament, I think, you know, what, yeah, what Go Away was done in, in steering Kashma uh, through to the, the last eight is a, is, a, is a miraculous job. You mentioned um, internationalists there. And, of course, one of the, the kind of big things that's come up recently, you know, is, is the talk about naturalisation in, in, in China. And I think... Guangzhou Evergrande have signed like two or three players recently, mm. you know, with the hope or maybe the idea that they'll kind of 
be naturalised and they no longer fall under or under the foreigner slot. Uh, mm. I understand they're they're looking at a, a Costa Rican uh, goalkeeper mm. uh, who I, I think was born in China or whose father's Chinese. I'm, I'm not quite sure which one. Um, do you think? I mean, is that something that we could see happen elsewhere? I mean, is that something that you think could have a huge like, like, like a huge change in the region in, 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 in general. I mean, there's been some news recently as well about how they're now saying that these naturalised players, I think, have to be able to play in the Chinese national team as well. So so do you think it's something that, that, that might spread across other teams in other countries, or do you think it is just a kind of Evergrande thing? Well, who won the Asian Cup this year? Uh, that's a good question. Qatar. Shall we, shall, we, shall we delve into that hornet's nest? Um, probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> so will it spread? I think it's spread right to the top of the bloody continent already. Okay, it's, okay, yeah. It's, that's, it's, a good, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Is, your, is your answer to that? And it's certainly, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I think why this is drawing so much attention in China, I mean, is that um, the country by and large, and certainly uh, why it would create equal kind of headlines um, in Korea, and um, and um, and to Japan uh, as as well is that there's not so much uh, migration, um, you know, to those countries. Not so much, uh, um, you know, intermarriage. The the diaspora doesn't really spread abroad abroad and then come back. I mean, if you look at the the situation, um, you know, in in Australia, I mean, there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of um, naturalised players in every um, you know club team. It's it's a perfectly uh, normal state of affairs, as of course uh, it is in in Europe and you know um, and many other countries around the world. But um, but countries in North Asia, which are, um, are more traditional, uh, which in most cases, I don't know the case um, in Korea, but it's certainly the case here in Japan, is that you can only hold um, one nationality. So it's a big um, it's a big deal becoming uh, naturalised for, for the is – is it the same in Korea, right? Or you, you can't be a dual Korean national, can you? Uh, yeah, I think you can only hold one passport, I think. I'm not actually sure. But like, I do know that the, that the only player who has come up – who, who I know is even looking at it is uh, Lopez, who who plays for John Book. There's talk of him mm. uh, looking at doing. I think the idea is like a five that you've got to be in the country for, for five years. Or so. but yeah. I think yeah, I think it's that idea that you can only hold one passport. I think as well. Yes, yeah, and, and I think that's the case in China. Right? So, so what you've got is then you've got these um, uh, you know, these guys. Obviously, you know, a lot of the you know the guys in China have been you know big stars for the thing. But and okay, we know what's going on under the table, and they're keeping their Brazilian passport and everything else. But but in theory, you know, the way it's presented um, publicly is that you know they're relinquishing their Brazilian nationality and becoming Chinese. And, and I yeah. think this is why it's such a why it's such a big thing because it's um not only in football, it doesn't it doesn't happen in many other. Um, spheres of life as well. I mean, you know, I think in Japan, you know, there's in, in the history of um, the, the Japanese um, uh, parliamentary system, there's been, you know, less than a dozen uh, kind of, you know, naturalized, uh, you know, Japanese citizens who've, who've made it to the parliament. But if you compare that to Australia, I mean, it's completely yeah. run of the mill, although it's a longer and more complicated discussion. But essentially, you know, that's the that's the way. And there's a lot of um, naturalized politicians. You don't see that um, uh, in in everyday aspect of, of life in, you know, whether it's China, uh, Korea or Japan, which is why I think it's, uh, you know, drawing the headlines um, that it is. But, yeah, I mean, if it's good enough for, uh, you know, for for Africa United to win the, the Asian Cup, uh, you know, <laughs> under the Qatari flag, then um, what difference does it make if if, um, if club teams are doing Okay. Um, you mentioned Australia there. I, I mean, obviously the Australian teams have kind of disappointed a little bit uh, again this year. I think it's been like three years since uh, I think it was maybe Melbourne that made it out of the group stages. 
Um, I mean, do you think that's a, a, a reflection on 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 A League itself? Do you think it's the issues with travelling? Maybe it's the differences, you know, like in when the season starts and ends. Mm-hmm. Or do you think it is that idea of maybe they, they just prioritise other other tournaments like closer to home? I think uh, points two and three that you made are, are definitely um, valid ones. That's the the travel and particularly the the timing of the season. So the problem in Australia is, um, as, as you've got in Korea, although it's not the case in, in most of Asia, is that you've got a finals uh, kind of system, you know, a, a, a mm. playoff system, which certainly in the Australian context draws, you know, a lot of um, attention because it's a way that the other more mainstream, if we can say sports, uh, are run and it's where the, you know, the focus of those uh, leagues are really, you know, it doesn't matter what you do in the 20 odd matches up till that yeah. point. That's <laughs> what you do in the, in the three weeks of the final. So there's a lot of emphasis on that. And that clashes um, immediately with the, you know, the start of the ACL and and then because of the gap between the systems, so you, you could often have teams that have done well the year um, previous, but then have flopped in the domestic competition. So they're not even involved in that competition. So you'll either have teams that are prioritizing the finals or you'll have teams that have been eliminated from the finals yeah. and haven't played um, for a month. And then after that, even the teams in the finals, then, you know, by the time it gets to match day two, three and, and onwards, then they're out of season as well. So, if, you know, if you've done deals with, you know, players through until the end of your, your the A-League um, campaign, then the, the foreigners are going. How do you get other foreigners to come in, uh, you know, in March, <laughs> for example, to play, I don't know, on a 10-week um, contract with the ACL? So there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of problems um, with the A-League. None of those are, are reasonably solved unless you're going to, uh, align the domestic um, competition with you know the way that the things are run uh, in the east, or of course, unless you adopt the McIntyre model, when, McIntyre you're, model. Uh, when you're all um, you know in, in little mini camps for, for four match days, a perfect idea, trademarked, mind you. Um, <laughs> but it, it was especially disappointing for me this year because you know a club like Melbourne Victory, who had been building for this and had done uh, their recruitment in mind, you know, got a guy who'd been playing at the World Cup in, in Ola Toivonen, and uh, one of Asia's greatest ever players in in Casca Honda, coaching Kevin Muscat to um, I know quite well, and was definitely uh, really, really keen and motivated and made it an emphasis of doing well uh, in the ACL. You know, you can point a little bit to maybe the, the way that they played, um, you know, perhaps a, a little bit um, too open at, at points. Um, you know, as one school of thought, you that to, to be successful in, in, in Asia, you need to be pragmatic. I don't personally subscribe to that, but um, yeah, I think there's there's definitely a lot of um, you know factors behind it. But you know, for for a team that was kind of um, set up to do well in Asia, yeah, particularly Melbourne victory for me was a real disappointment this year. Okay. Like something that you mentioned like there and and a little bit earlier as well is is that kind of idea, which I actually never thought about. But you know, you may have actual the McIntyre t- model. The McIntyre model. I never thought about that at all, yeah. Scott. It's it's epic. But um, like, like, that idea that you have players who maybe didn't finish the season, who you know, or who finished the season, who are brought in, you know, like not not the same players who were playing, who won the league, and and so on. And it's something that I never actually really thought about in terms of that difference and and like the kind of start and end of the seasons. Um, back to Korea. Uh, I mean, obviously the Korean teams were but were pretty much a a huge disappointment in this year's tournament. I mean, John Book and Ulsan basically built, uh, I mean, John Book have been building, uh, you know, squads for, for the last couple of years with the sole intention, I would imagine, of, of, of winning this, you know, treble. And there was a lot of talk in Korea when Jose Marais took over that he was going for the treble, you know, like the FA Cup, that they got knocked out of that pretty early, the K-League, you know, not, not, looking that they're going to run away with it, and, you know, the ACL. Uh, Ulsan strengthened quite a bit as well, and 
you know, they kind of crashed out in, in, in the last round. Do you think that was more like an, a tactical thing? Like, do you think it's something that they have to go back in and they readdress how they approach that tournament differently from the domestic tournaments? Well, I don't know. I mean, if you look at it, two, two of the two of the four teams got out of the groups, right, for a start. The, the whole thing about the East is very unusual that the four teams that are are, um, are through to the quarters were actually the four teams that finished second in their group. So you didn't see any of the group winners yeah. uh, pro- progress through. But I think I'm right in saying John McGonney lost once um, uh, in, in the group stage and they didn't actually lose, um, if you want to put it in that terms, um, in the round of 16 either. So they've played yeah. eight, eight matches and they've only lost once. Um, and, and have ultimately, you know, ended up unfortunately being bundled out on penalties. So, you know, as, as you and um, your, um, your fellow um, foreign watchers at the K-League know, I don't have um, too much time for, um, for this club, uh, John Book. But, um, but, you know, I mean, I think it's a, it's a little bit of a stretch to say it's a failure if you've lost one in eight matches and, and you're only not through to the quarterfinals, yeah. um, you know, by the, by the luck of the draw uh, on penalties. And if we look at the situation with um, Ulsan, really, they should have gone through as well. You know, it was a bloody monsoon that second night in the, in the second leg. You've only got 3,000, you know, punters turning up to... To support you and, and yeah, really, you know, you've lost your head from a couple of set pieces and then it, it, it's all kind of gone. But, you know, that easily, uh, not easily, but, you know, again, could have been a match that, you know, if you know, if, if the weather hadn't have been so such a bad situation, you could have potentially seen that going the other way as well. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a bit too, um, you know, overdramatic to say that, you know, it's an epic um a kind of failing for um you know you know for the K for the K League or or equally you know it's such um you know a great wave of success for uh yeah for China or, or Japan. Okay, okay, and I guess then my final question is that uh, because we did so well in the Asian Cup, they who do you protect for the semi-finals and ultimately who do you think is going to win the tournament? Jeez, I'm terrible at these uh, these kind of predictions. The the only good thing is that we didn't, um, you know, whether it was the the luck of the draw or whether it was hot balls and, and cold balls being drawn out that we you know we didn't get a, a country on country, um, you know, kind of a matchup. So um, if you look at it, uh, yeah, Shanghai, uh, as I always say, you can't have an ATM machine, can you? Or a pin number, and you okay. can't have Shanghai SAPG. Because that's Shanghai, Shanghai International Port Group. So uh, SIPG against um, Rao and then uh, yeah, Guangzhou versus Kashima in the other. That's um, obviously the headline uh, tie, you would think. But um, yeah, geez, I don't know. I mean, Urawa have been absolutely diabolical <laughs> in the um, in, in the J League this year. Really, really poor. Um, Kashima have been, like I say, you know, kind of quietly impressive, just um, going on their way. Um, I don't know. Jeez, I, I mean, I, I really, I really don't know. You know, maybe uh, let's say, um, I don't know, Kashmir are getting through against uh, Shanghai, Shanghai uh, International Port Group, but, but again, who knows? Because their clubs are going to be strengthening, not just the, you know, the, the players that you're talking about with the nationalisation. You know, there could be, um, uh, you know, big name um, signings coming in for either of these clubs or for all four of them, really. So, you know, and, and until we've kind of had all that, you know, the, the window. Uh, here is, a, is only just opened in Japan. I think it has in, in China as well. So, you know, until we see the full, um, you know, kind of degrees of the, the comings or the goings, I'm going to um, hold my fire on um, okay. on your prediction. Okay, sweet. Okay, and obviously the draw uh, for the World Cup qualifying was earlier. Uh, we talked a little bit about how it's, the, it's South versus North in, in, in Korea. Any mm. other ties that jump out? Uh, any, any potential... Group of death, like anything that you think 
Uh, is the must-see tie, or is there a tie that you would quite literally uh, do the shopping while it was on? I just think the whole thing is fascinating because you've got these smaller um, nations. There's not a group of deaths, but there's a group of islands, I'll tell you that, in Group A, Philippines, Maldives, and Guam. It's not often you're going to have um, three of um, Asia's powerhouse, uh, I use that, Lucy, uh, island nations all uh, drawn together. So that's um, <laughs> something you can certainly um, to look out for. But you just look at the smaller nations. I mean, Nepal are playing Australia. Right? So it's, yeah. it's just... Um, yeah, just just brilliant. So many, you know, great kind of stories. You look um, beyond that group C, you've got Iran and Iraq um, uh, kind of um, uh, pooled uh, together. You know, then you've got a real um, geographical mix over in Group D where you've got, um, you know, the Saudis on one side, you've got the Uzbeks in, the, in Central Asia, you've got Singapore over in the middle, the, the Asian uh, champions at Qatar have got um, some really, you know, kind of awkward um, uh, trips to, to South, uh, South Asia. We've got Bangladesh, India and, and Afghanistan. So they're all going to get used to um, that situation. You know, interestingly, um, you know, from a political point of view, it's, uh, it's uh, curious to note that uh, one of their um, uh, closer uh, friends in Oman that have been drawn in that uh, group uh, as well. You know, then you, you look at the, the Central Asians uh, traveling across to Japan in Group F with uh, the Tajiks and the Kyrgyz. Uh, coming across here, you know, Mongolia in that group as well. You know, one of the the, the kind of more you know fascinating stories in in Asian football. Then you've got um, really, I mean, you know, you're kidding yourself if you think all these draws were were open and equally um, conducted, right? Because you look at Group G and you've got four uh, Southeast Asian nations all in the one group, right? In in Vietnam, yeah. Thailand, Malaysia. That's exactly like having the Suzuki Cup all over again. And in you know in, in Group G, it's a bit um, ridiculous. And to be honest, then you know, as you touched on, yeah, obviously the the one that's going to draw. A lot of um, global attention. There's, you know, still all these whispers um, going around that there might be a joint bid for uh, some kind of future World Cup between um, South and, and North Korea. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, there's been some um, scallywags that have been suggesting this is all part of, um, you know, a plan to get um, Gianni Infantino, you know, the Nobel Prize, uh, if, you, if you can get these uh, qualifiers working correctly, and then, you know, um, get them uh, up and running and co-hosting a World Cup. So um, either way, yeah, that's going to be. A fascinating story as well. It's not going to be easy um, because the, the thing you need to remember is, you know, if, if you did trip up in in this group uh, somehow, only, um, you know, half of the, the second place nations go through to the next phase. And, and um, you know, if you're not then in the top bracket of them, that, you're out. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, you know, it's not impossible to see Lebanon causing Korea some problems. It's not impossible to see Turkmenistan causing Korea some problems. I mean, it's, yeah. extre- it's extremely unlikely. Uh, I put that in the case of Sh- you know, Sri Lanka. But, you know, if you if you do have a few little stumbles here or th- there, you know, and you, and you get a few n- nerves and jangles before you know it, you can find yourself, you know, being bundled out. And then, you know, you've got the smaller nations dreaming. And of course, for the smaller nations, we should point out again that this uh, doubles as, as qualifying for the, um, for the Asian Cup as well. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you will have, you know, your, yeah, your Sri Lankas and your, and your, and your Guams and, and these kind of uh, nations that are going into it, not with a hope of, you know, qualifying or expectation of qualifying uh, for the World Cup, but, you know, but with real uh, belief that, you know, two or three of those games are crunch games and, you know, are going to be the biggest game, biggest nation, uh, the biggest game in the history of those nations you know, as they're trying to progress through to the, you know, the next step on the road to, to getting into the Asian Cup. So, yeah, fast, some, some fascinating matchups, but I think it's just, it's just a great thing that it's, you know, it's really been opened up and, you know, you've got the, the spread and diversity uh, that we've got. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, you can imagine there about maybe one of the smaller nations upsetting, you know, South Korea. And the interesting thing there is that for the most part over over here, the Korean fans seem to just expect that they'll, they'll qualify, you know, and nobody actually really turns out until that point where it's, you know, we must win this game against 
a run or we must, you know, get a, mm. you know, like a 2-0 victory over Syria or something. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they take it on the road. It'll be interesting to see if Bento, you know, they're working as squads he puts out as well and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, it definitely looks like a couple of pretty decent games there. And uh, I've never seen Sri Lanka uh, mm. play football. So I'm pretty interested in going to that game definitely as well. Yeah, I actually went to Sri Lanka a couple of years ago, and we've had a few um, uh, of their players on the on the Asian game um, from time to time as well. Um, it's a cricket uh, country, um, but, yeah. but a country that, whose football infrastructure is as kind of um, um, rudimentary <laughs> as a lot of that um, was was also incredibly devastated by the tsunami that, that went through. Yeah. Whenever that yeah. was, you know, a decade or so ago, I remember going to one of the the state it was a stadium in in Gala, the southern city on the coast, and you know the, the whole train ride down that whole coastal strip was just you know ripped to pieces, and then you, you yeah. actually got there to the to the ground, and you know you can still see um, you know on the on the existing kind of concrete structures in and around the the stadium in the city, the water you know the the mark from where the water came up is still there. It's kind of seared into the yeah, yeah. into the structures, you know, really devastating things. So yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, Sri Lanka. Um, you know, like I say, they're not going to pull up too many um trees when thinking of the group. But um, the the question that I have is, where, where are they going to play the the games? Um, the the games between um South Korea and North Korea. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I guess I have no idea. I mean, I guess they'll play one in Pyongyang, and I, I guess it'll be a Seoul World Cup Stadium here. I mean, they've played them in the past. You know, they, very... they, didn't didn't they play them in neutral venues? I'm sure last time they played because the one went because there was some bizzo with the anthem and. One of them refused to sing the other's anthem. And did, didn't that have to be played in China last time out, whenever that was in 2008? I'll be honest, there was, they were definitely going back to 2008. I know they were played in Sangam. There was one game played in, in uh, Sangam then. I was I was just here at the time. Um, and it was, uh, that's when they were very diplomatic affairs, when they had to finish both, both games had to finish nothing each or something. Um, <laughs> so after that, I think there was one set that they were played uh, in neutral venues. Uh, I mean, things right now seem cordial, let's say. Uh, so I would imagine they'll use it as as much of, of an excuse to kind of play them, yeah, right. kind of show that there's this unified uh, I kind of idea. But but yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting uh, qualification campaign anyway, and and probably probably more interesting than than me trying to understand what goes on in Europe with, with this new <laughs> Nations League or whatever it's called that I just can't get my head around. But anyway, Scotland still didn't qualify. So <laughs> so, so no matter what they've done, it didn't help us anyway, yeah? <laughs> well, Scott, thank you very much for coming on again. As always, it, it was an, an absolute... Your dad taught you to shave That wasn't a very fatherly way for him to behave You had to watch your first beard Floating down the drain A beard abandoned A son betrayed Your dad taught you how And look at you now Cause if your dad doesn't have a beard You've got two mums Two months